0: Hello and welcome to Taiwan Plus on ICRT, an interview series brought to you by Taiwan's only all-English video streaming platform and all-English radio station. I'm Trevor Tordomasi, and joining me in the studio today is Sam Yarbs of 2-3 Comedy. Sam has written for the Night Night Show here in Taiwan, Ye Ye Show. He has also hosted countless stand-up shows all around Taipei and Taiwan, and he has participated in international comedy competitions. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great yeah. to be here, man.
1: Absolutely, man. ICRT, we made it.
0: We made it. 2-3 Comedies on ICRT, man. Nice. Uh, starting off, uh, I'm curious. Um, how did 2-3 Comedy Club get started in Taipei? So
1: I was living in uh, Kaohsiung. I started doing comedy when I lived down in Kaohsiung uh, with a good friend of mine, Rob Stocky. And we were doing comedy down there uh, and he was ready to move back to the US. He was ready to make a run at it. And I knew I wanted to stay in Taiwan and uh, I moved up to Taipei because at the time wasn't much going on in the stand-up scene in Kaohsiung. There was no, we had a weekly mic that was very poorly attended, and um, I knew Taipei was the place for English language comedy to come up. And so when I moved up here uh, with a friend of mine, Meg Anderson, uh, we started 2-3 Comedy together. At that point, Two Three 2-3 Comedy uh, is separate from the club. It was just a Facebook page, a group that we organized shows kind of under this umbrella. And, and what started, year was that? That was in, oh, jeez, man. Let's see, the club's been open two years, probably two years before that. So. 2018, 2017, 2018. Okay. Yeah, 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 around then, yeah. And so at that point, we were doing our shows in the basement of uh, 23 Public, which is a uh, bar uh, near the Taipei Power MRT station. And uh, the goal, the kind of goal that I had, because there already was comedy going on in Taipei at the time. There was a group that were doing shows. But they had this kind of, like, loose organization where uh, people would do shows, like, at different bars, and there'd be different hosts. And it was kind of hard to f- know, like where shows works, they pop up everywhere, and then maybe disappear for a month, depending on who was running the show. Uh, And I wanted there to be like one home for comedy. If you come here every Monday, you're gonna see an open mic. And 23 Public, very generously, allowed us to use their space. And so, uh, because again, we're trying to forge that connection, come here for comedy. 23 Public, we chose the name 23 Comedy. So it was directly taken from our partnership early on with 23 Brew Company.
0: Um so on your Facebook page, 23 mm-hmm. Comedy's Facebook page, the most commonly asked questions are uh, what's the schedule, what's the menu? Normal questions, and then how can I see Brian? Brian's some boy. He's pretty <laughs> yeah. famous. Uh, I, I'm curious, I have to ask about him. Like, how did you guys get to know each other and what's I actually role? brought him here? He's not wit- nice. No, no, he's-, <laughs> he's in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I knew Brian going back uh, to before starting two three comedy um when I was living in Gaoung and uh, I was introduced he was like this young kid he wants to try English standup and he was doing spots at the same shows as us the same thing like eight minute spots here and there and at that point he wasn't doing anything in Chinese he was just doing English stand up so I built a friendship with him over the years we just would do shows together for a long time and then when we started two three at that point he was by then probably you know one of the best english comics um you know again doing it in english and so i would try to get him in every show and at a certain point he filmed a set of his i think it was at comedy base um where he performed and that clip ended up getting like three million views in like a couple days or something like that and from then it was just a snowball of momentum and he was hosting chinese language open mics at that point so we'd expanded from just english to Chinese mics as well, still in that 23 public space.
0: Right now, I think the advantage of, of working with Brian is probably that he has a, a deep connection to the larger language base here in, in oh, Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so having a place like 2-3 Comedy where you can have um, English-language comedy, which is succeeding mm-hmm. in its own audience in Chinese-language comedy. Yeah. Um, how has this, how has it felt, I guess, the simplest yeah. question, to to have a, a bilingual comedy club?
1: Well, it feels completely natural because, I mean, it, it, it's just, it reflects kind of the evolution of where we started. We started with an English-language open mic. We added the Chinese-language open mic. And that was really... When you saw Chinese uh, language comedy really kind of take off, and a lot of it is attributed directly to Brian and his success. Mm. Um, but when you look at the wider landscape now, it's not just Brian. So, for Two Three, where we kind of fit in, the it's true that we're a bilingual club. But if you go to Two Three, you might not necessarily have a bilingual experience. You know? <laughs> That's but, fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, English nights are in English. We don't. We've done, I think, in our history, maybe four shows. Brian and I host together that are truly bilingual shows Mm -hmm. and um, it's
0: got a really unique audience it's a hard target to hit it's very and I don't think we've
1: ever really charged tickets for them either they're not like they're not it's a very normally you have to have lots of comics doing short sets in their language because Mm -hmm. if you came for Chinese and you're hearing someone do 10 minutes in English you're you tune it out it's yeah. not not enjoyable and then you know as a comic if you're watching somebody kill or they're crushing in chinese you're yeah. like oh they're not to like my english at all you know it's the it's a bummer so you got to keep it quick and make it like game based so most nights an english night is going to be an english show brian's night you're not going to see anyone doing anything in english there mm. so the ownership the structure the idea behind it is bilingual and the, um, but the execution on a given night um, is, is going to be Chinese or English, depending. Mm. I should say Fig, the improv group, they do bilingual stuff, they're truly okay, bilingual, nice. yeah. They're good up there and jibber jabber. And so there's, there's, a, there's, a
0: there's, a, there's a clear uh, division for audiences to know what they're looking for yeah. there. Um, but in uh, in having two different like languages going on uh, over the course of a week, um, you have some English language nights where your uh, local comics are performing in, mm-hmm. in not their native language yeah. and vice versa. Have you performed in, in Chinese before?
1: Yes. Uh, saying that I have performed comedy in Chinese is insulting to both Chinese and comedy, but <laughs> I have gone on stage with a microphone and attempted to get through five minute sets. Uh, for a while, I convinced myself that I was getting better at it. And I remember I did one open mic that Brian actually hosted. And afterwards he asked the audience to raise their hand if anybody understood a word I said and only two people raised their hand and they were both people I had talked to in English during my session (laughs) so I was like like, oh I kind of realized you know at a certain point obviously it's fun I don't think anyone minds you trying but it's become so popular that if I were to go to a Chinese mic now I would be taking somebody's spot who really deserves a chance to Mm -hmm. be there so I wouldn't I want to try again in the future but um, you can make it as short as you want right Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could pop up for, yeah, 30 seconds, I mm-hmm. guess, and that'd be one way to spend a Tuesday night, I guess, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, um, but uh, it's, it's interesting because um, every comic who is truly bilingual, like Brian's truly bilingual, he grew up, he spent a significant time in the U.S. and Taiwan, he speaks both fluently, uh, and he's told me multiple times, he's like, well, you cannot just translate a joke. If you've a joke in English, you cannot go word for word, this means this, this means this. You can take a premise and apply it to the other language. You can be like, this is fun funny is still funny, but you have to approach it just grammatically, conceptually from an entirely different angle. Yeah. And the idea that you're gonna go up there with, you know, I'm gonna write my English set in pinyin down and be like, Oh, you know, and uh is again it's not at that point it's not comedy and some of the laughs you're eliciting are because of how bad your Chinese is, which is a crutch that you can use for a little bit, but you don't, I don't think anybody... It's is. not scalable,
0: I guess. Yeah, I exactly. It's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very limited. Yeah, again, like five minutes of that maybe cute once a week. Uh, I'd like to get your opinion too on like, what jokes have you seen work in English, but not in Chinese? Maybe even if you didn't understand it, have you heard yeah. about like, what seems to translate well or doesn't translate? like in terms of like topics or subject matter kind Mm -hmm. of or just like that you know it's interesting and that's uh, that's an
1: interesting question because this is one i get asked all the time uh in in different interviews it's kind of like like the crux of it is kind of what you're asking is like uh do taiwanese audiences understand the the english humor Mm -hmm. or whatever like that or or do they just like to hear people joke about things in taiwan or whatever like that and it's just um the range of different styles of comedy is so broad that it's really impossible to to narrow down and and and. Also, I think that it's a mistake to target and say that the Taiwanese audience is monolithic mm. because, um, you know, Brian might, averages a much younger audience. There's another comedian, Taiwanese comedian named Jim, who does very, very dark jokes. Think of, like, Anthony Jeselnik, whatever, like that. His audience, you can see a lot more, tends to be a little more male-heavy, maybe a little bit older. But uh, one of the interesting things you mentioned about, like, the uh, approach for the club, though, there is one thing that I think that Brian brought when he started doing the Chinese mic, uh, and again, I don't want to speak for the history of Chinese language comedy in Taiwan, but there is a Chinese history of comedy that's outside of the Western framework of stand up. Stand up comedy is a Western art form. You know, it emerged out of vaudeville. You can trace a line from, you know, Bob Hope through Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, Richard Pryor into Chris Rock, Chappelle Louis C.K. Bob. You can draw a line I'm sorry I just named all male comics I'm sorry <laughs> uh, Jessica Kirsten hilarious like uh, you know like but you could draw a straight line and kind of progress this. There's Outside of that exists a history of, of Chinese language comedy. Crosstalk would be the mm-hmm. uh, most popular one that's known um, where you have the two people on stage going back and forth uh, and some of Taiwanese early comedy definitely developed out of that. If you watch Taiwanese variety shows today mm-hmm. those are so clearly influenced by Crosstalk and so So Chinese language open mics before were very kind of free-flowing in terms of what you'd expect at a a stand-up comedy open mic. You might have a guy go up for his first time and do a 15-minute story and there's no punchlines along the way but the ending Mm. might be a funny story you know and that's (laughs) like in English you're getting the light after four minutes you're like dude (laughs) jokes 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 and Brian kind of brought that expectation to his mics he would tell comics he's like you need to tell jokes. There's a last per minute thing, you know, these are kind of targets that we have when we're writing. So, you know, for lack of a better word, he kind of introduced a, a bit of a Western style to the open mic itself.
0: Okay, so uh, Sam, how did you personally get started in comedy? When? How far back was this?
1: I uh, lost a bet in Getsha. No, I, was, uh, <laughs> I, had a, <laughs> I had a buddy who was uh, uh, friends, uh, he surfed with another guy, Rob, who I shouted out earlier. So he wanted to start this real comedy open mic and I had talked to my roommate about doing comedy. So Rob just messaged me one day and he was like, um, I heard you like to tell jokes, come out and tell jokes. And of course I was like, no, I'll go and watch the first one. But he just like got on me. He was like, "No, nah, dude, like, i'll tell everyone it's your first time the audience will support you got to do it and i was unemployed at the time so i was like all right let's do i I have to do this i talked myself into it and my friends were like pump me up like go do it and i showed up and i was like all right what order am i in the lineup he's like all right well it's me then you and it's me again. We're the only comics. I like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's like, how much time Same do you have? Sandwich. I was like, I think I have like 10 minutes. He's like, you can see his eyes. Like, you have two minutes. And I was like, I think I got 10. Like, I had two. I had two minutes. And I got up and I got like one laugh my first time. Uh, it was that Black Dog in and Gaoshang. Uh, and uh, I loved it. Right from then, I was like, well, I'm going to do this. And the luck, I was so lucky that I was um, uh, met this guy, Rob, who was obsessed. He had a surf van. But I had another friend of mine in Gaoshan Tommy, build us a, a stage and we would throw the stage in his van and we would drive around. We'd spend our weekends. We'd Facebook message bars in different uh, cities and we'd just go and pull up and do shows uh, if they'd have us in there. We'd bring our own stage. We'd be like, we got it. We got the stage rolled out. And uh, that's what we did for a year. Our goal was to do 100 shows in a year. And we hit that in the year. And so, um, yeah, that was like a huge, that was like when I was like, okay, I, I never want this to not be part of my life, basically.
0: Yeah. Well, like when I first met you, I thought you had been forged in the fires of like Deep City, New York or something, comedy clubs. But no, you started never. started here in
1: Taiwan. Here in Taiwan, yeah. And then the first time I, I kind of got a pop and knew that I could do a little bit better. I'd been doing comedy about a year and I got accepted to the Hong Kong International Comedy Fest, mm. which was the biggest festival uh, in Asia at the time. And uh, it's thirty comics, you do three nights and each night the top three advance to the finals. And I finished third in my night and I made it so I made it to the finals my first year doing it. Uh, and my goal going over there was like I just didn't want to be obviously the worst.
0: I was like, <laughs> yeah. if I can just hang with these guys. If I guys. can look at someone else and say he's worse than me. Yeah, or even just like <laughs> maybe it's close, you know, like yeah.
1: even if it was just like, oh he wasn't like totally obvious, like I didn't get boot like like no tomatoes thrown or whatever like mm-hmm. that. And the finals is like a five hundred person room, which is like you know, I can't even tell you how many times bigger than the the biggest show I'd done at that point, and I did all right. I mean, I didn't place top three, but I made it to the finals, and uh, and I, I looked like I belonged there. And that's when I realized, like, oh, okay, like, um, you know, for what's going on over here, like, I know. I feel a lot more confident about my place. And doing that festival exposed me to people who book shows around Asia. And that's what let me get started doing shows in the region, basically.
0: Um, so another huge achievement uh, that you, you can add to your list is that uh, you started two, three, was it in 2019?
1: Yeah, we opened it in 2019. And yes. so you've had we're a wild
0: ride through the pandemic. Yeah, Straight we did it
1: right at the beginning. We were like, yeah. can't
0: wait for our first
1: international act. Oh, no, wait. Oh, never. no. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Yeah, we had a, our first international act booked. Uh, Andy Curtin, a hilarious comic at the time was in Hong Kong. He's in Australia now. He was going to come over and do a show in English and Chinese. And uh, and yeah, and then of course, yeah, COVID hit, so.
0: So what did you learn from doing open mic uh, hosting and, and shows uh, over the internet on Zoom during the pandemic? When we had the oh, epidemic shit. here last year during like, it was like May, 2021, mm-hmm. um, you were hosting shows on a big old Zoom call. Big Zoom uh, call, it's kinda yeah. It's kind of like doing one-handed push ups. Like you, you yeah. know how to do a normal comedy show <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you have to
1: like do it with crutches. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it I actually reminds me, I think I still have to cancel my Zoom subscription. I was like, I don't think we're going back online so, if yeah. nothing else
0: got done today, yeah. we I'm got gonna to check that box some money, out. Yeah,
1: Jesus, yeah, 12 bucks a month still running, man. So, um, yeah, the Zoom um, I, it reminded me how much I love live comedy, honestly. Really? It was such a, um, uh, and shout out to the comics who have been continuing to do it and who did it for years longer. It was, uh, it, it was, it's very tough, you know, the, the delayed, the, um, there's things you can learn from it. You can still write, you can still tell jokes. Like you said, there's, there's it's better than no comedy. Uh, but it doesn't compare at all to actually being in front of an audience
0: live. That's the reason you do comedy for that. So I guess uh, finishing up, 2-3 uh, also hosts a lot of other shows. You guys are doing mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, traditional theater performances. You have improv. Um, you even have like drunk Shakespeare and drag yeah. shows. Um, do you see even more performance genres on the horizon? Or keep
1: Yeah, it probably of one of the biggest we're kind of excited for is um, we've uh, we upgraded our, music, our stereo and sound system internally recently. And uh, just started experimenting with having some live music and bands in the space. Because realize that that room can also be a great, like, kind of listening room because it's again, it's separate from the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the bands we've had in, we've had great feedback so far. So, looking to incorporate a little of that, maybe like early comedy shows and then DJs staying till later with a more of a lounge kind of atmosphere. Uh, so definitely live music is one thing, uh, thinking we're looking to add, but the biggest thing on the horizon for us is um, when international travel opens back up, we have the biggest comedy club in Asia when that opens up again and uh, we are well positioned to take advantage of that. There's gonna be lots of opportunities for live performance at venues larger than ours with big comedy stars coming in. I know a lot of promotional companies are already working on contracts for people coming in. I think that once you see the quarantine drop, you're gonna be surprised by the quality of international comedy that's gonna be coming to Taiwan, and Two Three, I think, is gonna be at the center of that. So, uh, last question, it's pretty general, but how do you feel about the future of stand-up in uh,
0: Taipei, in Taiwan?
1: I mean, tremendous, I mean, touching on it like briefly, the, um, the future, especially for the chinese languages uh, the, the sky 's the limit there. Um, the popularity of it rising, and again, the opportunity for comics who are interested to get on stage multiple times a week is going to breed a generation of comics who um, have more stage time than any of the comics that we 're seeing now who are kind of in their prime. so uh, you would think it 's only going to get better also you 're seeing a lot of these uh, different uh, companies um, you know. Who are investing money into stand-up and also stand-up adjacent things like, uh, uh, like you know um, news channels and you know you're seeing all this con- this energy and and the, as that energy comes and as the eyeballs come on it you get um, money and advertising involved in it as well. So I think this is gonna it's gonna absolutely boom for English. When the borders open back up, we're really well positioned to be there. We'll always be a part of it, um, but especially for Chinese language comedy, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, anything else to finish off that you'd like to say to the people of Taiwan? Any plugs?
1: Come check out 23 Comedy. Don't be scared. Uh, come on down. It's Linson Bay, but it's the nice part of Linson Bay. We're near TJF Fridays. It's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, come on, check us out.
0: <laughs> seven nights a week. All right, right, Two Three Comedy. This is Sam Yarbs. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. This has been It's High One Plus on ICRT. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100.